Day 2, Part 2. The next CG scene shows us a bridge with many cars trying to escape Manhattan. We see some shops and restaurants, all deserted. The street shows crash cars with various different vehicles on fire. We fade back into a scene. Police have cordoned off a road. Three officers are standing around, talking to a man, a civilian. The first officer tells this man, the road is blocked off and he can't come through. The civilian, who is now identified as Japanese man, states to the officers that he's already contacted the police about this matter. Struggling to understand, another officer asks what? The man speaks out a broken sentence. Uh, I, uh, I'm not getting anywhere with my English. Another officer approaches the man and asks if he's Chinese. The reply is no, I'm Japanese. The officer then speaks fluent Japanese to the man who is very shocked and excited to say that he can. The officer continues to speak, but the man replies in English and broken Japanese. Another officer makes a comment to the man that if he can't speak the language, he should go back to his own country. He then screams and starts to hold his chest. The third officer tells the other to calm down, that it's not good for his heart. The second officer who screamed then shouts he's getting hot, and then screams out in pain and suddenly ignites. The Japanese man says to himself, it's now or never, and in the commotion runs past the officers. He turns back, the on-screen text now identifies him as Maida, and he states, spontaneous human combustion. I believe that is correct. The scene swaps to the hospital again, and we are looking at a corridor. It fades out and in, and then we are seeing various rooms, with the final one being an outside shot. Air questions what? Where? Hospital? Fading out and in again, we can hear a fire burning, and Air is asleep on a bed, with Maida in the room watching a television from the sofa. She wakes up, and Maida turns to her to say to her she's finally awake. Ada asks who he is, and he introduces himself. I'm Kuniko Maida, a scientist from Japan. He then says he found you. Someone opens the door and walks into the room. It's Daniel. Daniel tells them, there's no one out there but cops. It's a ghost town. I've never seen anything like it. However, he refers to it as pretty creepy. Air asks about the whereabouts of Eve and the people in Central Park. Daniel tells her Ben was okay, but the rest of the audience disappeared. Maida questions his disappearance. He wants to know why they weren't ignited. Air tells them that they all melted into slime and become one big mass. His reply is that that's something new and nothing like that happened in Japan. He then explains that a similar incident occurred several years ago over in Japan but it wasn't quite as grandiose in scale as this one. Daniel demands to know some more details, and Maida continues. He says it started when a scientist's wife was involved in a car accident. The scientist then tried to culture her liver cells in order to keep her alive, and he named the cells Eve. The liver cells then multiplied, and her mitochondria eventually took over her physical body. After acquiring the scientist's sperm, Eve tried to give birth to the ultimate being. Ea asks about this ultimate being and wants to know what kind of being it is. Maida continues to say she, the being who mutated from the liver cells, couldn't maintain her body for long. By the way, before the car accident occurred, 
the wife had registered to have her organs donated. So after the accident, her kidneys were transplanted into a young girl. And Eve implanted a fertilized egg into that young girl who gave birth to an ultimate being. He says he was extremely interested in this, so he went to the lab to continue the research. But then he heard about this incident and flew straight over. Daniel asks what's going on. Maida tells him he wishes he could explain more. Daniel changes his concern to Ea to ask if she's okay, and she replies she's fine. He says that he thought the monster may have gotten hold of her and that it was too late. She says, when I felt Eve, something inside of me felt like it was being, and Maida jumps in saying, you felt that you were being ignited, correct? Daniel corrects him, stating that she isn't affected, to which Maida questions this, saying that he doesn't understand. Ea jumps back in saying she might be a monster just like her, but Daniel tells her to shut up because that's not true. Ea talks back over him saying, please, I don't know, I just don't know anymore, go away and just stay away from me. Daniel attempts to protest, but Myra says, yes, I understand your point, and then he walks out to leave. Daniel shouts at him, asking where he's going. Ea then talks again, stating, if she is a monster, I don't ever want to kill you. I could never forgive myself. Daniel tells her that she's not a monster and that he's her best partner, that he'll always be by his side. However, Daniel then turns and walks out, leaving Ea alone. She talks to herself. She says, when I touched Eve, that feeling, was it Maya? But Maya died in the crash with mom. No, it just couldn't be. We fade to black and day three starts. Selection. We restart in the same room. The fire has now died. Air leaves and goes to the street. Maida is waiting outside the building. As she steps out, he says, that was a long night. Did you sleep well? Ea's very surprised, saying you were here all night. I told you to go away. You could have died, you know. He replies, scientists can't believe anything without proof. It's just one of those things. And besides, before he can finish his sentence, we hear a car honk and a police car pulls up. And it's Daniel. He says there's no traffic and this is a way to get around. He continues to talk. He says, so what we're sitting around for, we've got work to do. We're going to have to get some bigger weapons as a gun shop and let's stock up. He tells Air to lose a long face and that they got to go. All three of the team then go to the gun shop just down the road. Air tries the door, but it's locked. Daniel tells her to get out of the way. He takes out his gun and points it at the door. Air tells him no, but he replies, sorry, it's the only way. He then fires his gun, breaking the glass so they can open the door. Maida's very confused by his actions and asks if he's really a cop. Ea makes a joke saying, we think so, but we don't have any scientific proof, if that's what you're asking. The trio move inside the shop where they restock and gather new weapons. Once they've collected these, they're ready to take on Eve. Walking back down the street to the car, Ea jumps in the front while Daniel drives. Maida gets in the back. given the world map again and Soho is a new choice. With Maida in tow, the team move back to the museum. During the transit, Daniel asks where they should go. Maida wants to know if there's a place with a research facility that he would like to conduct an experiment and test something because it may be relevant. 
AS suggests that they go to the museum where Clamp is at, as they had some really expensive equipment. Daniel protests, saying, no way, man, anywhere but there. However, Air believes that he should have been evacuated by now, and it should be fine. Myra says, yeah, that sounds okay, and asks Daniel if he's okay with it. Daniel makes a joke, saying he's expecting a big tip for this. At the museum, the snow that was there earlier on the stairs has melted. Myra asks, so this is the American Museum of Natural History. It's just as I imagined. And I can find a research facility in this building? Daniel tells him yes, and hopefully we won't run into that jerk who runs it. Since he's been evacuated, it should be empty. They all move inside, go up the stairs, and enter Clamp's lab. Myra's quite shocked, and he says for a lab museum, it does have fairly extensive equipment. Daniel asks what he wants to test, and Midas starts to talk to himself a bit, saying yes, yes of course, let me see. He walks over to the equipment, and he tells the other two, I was able to extract a gel-like substance from Ea's clothing. Ea asks if it's from Eve, and he tells her yes, it appears to be the remnants of Eve's cells. He then starts to calibrate and use the equipment. As he's using this equipment, he tells them, at the cellular level, her power cannot be as strong as Ea said previously. He then adjusts the equipment some more and starts to talk to himself a bit. Hmm, yes. This is exactly as I thought. Go ahead, just look. Ea asks what it is, and then we're given FMV CG scene. The camera zooms in toward the cells. We see down to a cellular level and we see all of the cells and these blue starfish-like organisms make a noise and latch onto the other cells. Air says these cells are completely surrounded by them. Maida tells her, as you can see, the mitochondria Eve has taken over the nucleus. In a similar manner, the beasts that attacked you probably experienced the same thing. Daniel asks Maida if mitochondria really has the power to control the nucleus. Maida tells him no, not the normal mitochondria. It's never had such power, but Eve's is different. It's gone through tremendous evolutionary changes. This is what he thinks has happened to her mitochondria. Normally, it requires oxygen when they generate energy called ATP. So at this time, the mitochondria requests oxygen from the nucleus. Without the energy supply from the mitochondria, the nucleus cannot function. So in essence, the two organelles consistently rely on each other. But in this case, it seems Eve's developed the power to reverse the symbiotic relationship. Evolution, or even mutation, seems likely in this case. Daniel's very shocked that the phrase reversed the cycle. Maida explains a bit more. Look at this. Even with a limited number of cells, her cells have this much power. Can you imagine how much power Eve has within her whole body? Ea interrupts Maida and asks if he can test her cells. He says of course, but she starts to talk over him saying I want to know. I want to know why I have the power to fight her. Daniel attempts to stop Ea, but she says please I need to know why. He says of course and asks her to step over to the equipment. The pair walk over and they are set up for testing Ea's cells. Maida looks at it and tells her, I think you better look for yourself. It's another FMV, very similar to before, but now we see Ea cells, and instead of blue starfish, it's showing orange-like starfish organisms with fizz with electricity as they move on to a cell and back off again. 
Maida explains, Aces, do you realise what is happening? Your mitochondria is supplying more energy to the nuclei of your cells. It is almost as if they are protecting the nuclei from Eve's mitochondria. Daniel asks why her mitochondria has so much power. Maida doesn't know. However, he asks them if you are familiar with the Richard Dawkins theory of the selfish gene. In simple terms, it states that genes act in a manner to preserve and ensure survival of the species. Daniel talks over him, saying, I don't need to read those journals. What are you trying to tell me? He tries to explain it a bit more directly. He says, depending on how you look at it, you can say Eve is trying to destroy all mitochondria except her own. In response to that, Ea's mitochondria has developed the power to rebel. Daniel asks why it's only Ea's. Shouldn't all of us be able to do that? Maida's not sure, and he says, this seems to follow the natural order of things, but I'm not sure why. Suddenly, they are startled by a noise, and Daniel and Ea draw their guns and point them at someone. They are very shocked to see Professor Clamp. Clamp talks to them, says, what are you doing in my lab? This is breaking and entering. However, Daniel asks him why he hasn't evacuated the city. Clamp ignores this and he's saying, I'm asking why you people are in my lab. Air tells him they've received orders to evacuate the city and that the professor should go. Clamp completely ignores this statement and says, I tell you, cops are the ones corrupting this fine city. Maida starts to apologise, saying it's his fault. He asks him to bring them here and Clamp asks who he is. He says he's... Kaniko Maida, the scientist from Japan. Clamp asks why he was using his electronic microscope and looks through, then questions where he got the specimen. Maida stutters, saying, I don't know. Clamp asks if he takes him for a fool. He says with cells like this, they must affect the body's natural state. Daniel then starts to pace the room while Maida stutters. He then turns his attention to Air, asking her if she feels any bodily changes. He says you should feel somewhat hot no he asks her to speak up and says have you lost conscious any time recently at this point Daniel is looking on Clamp's PC Clamp goes to talk saying by the way you're Daniel speaks over him hey hey what the hell is this thing and why is my boy's name here and Lorraine Lorraine's on here too Clamp you tell me he walks over to Clamp and grabs him by the lab coat he shakes him demanding answers he asks the doctor again, tell me what this list is for. He is in such a rage that he manages to lift the doctor completely off the ground. The doctor demands he lets go of him, saying he doesn't have to tell him anything. Ea asks Daniel to calm down. He drops the doctor and Daniel is shaking in anger. Clamp is very angry as well and tells him to get out of here. Daniel leaves and Ea apologises for disturbing him but she does have to officially warn him of the evacuation and please to remember that. Clamp then attempts to insult Air by saying, Officer Brea, do you enjoy having such a barbarian for a partner? He turns to Maida and says, And you, you're more capable than I thought. Maida stutters out a thank you and says bye. After the trio leave, Clamp says to himself, It's too late now. It's too late to do anything. We're taken back to the map and we go back to NYPD 17. In the car, they talk again. Daniel says, damn him, one of these days. Ea asks what the list is, and Maida tells him it was an HLA-type listing, 
to list to see whether organs will be rejected when transplanted. Daniel asks why Ben and Lorena are on the list. Maida says it was a list of people with matching HLA types. Daniel speaks over, saying, Damn, I'm going to get him. I'm going back to the station and getting Lee. And we fade out. We fade back in. And at the station, the trio get to the reception and the place has been ransacked. Waiting benches are tipped over, files are strewn all across the desk and floor. Daniel asks what's happened, and Air replies, Eve. Maida gets scared and says, she's here? Air tells them, I'll look around and you stay here. Daniel protests, saying that he won't, that he's not going to sit around while this thing kills his family, and Daniel runs off into the station. Air shouts his name and goes to follow him, but Maida stops her. He says, wait, take this. She asks what it is, and he tells her it's a good luck charm from Japan, and it's the best that he can do. She thanks him, stating that she'll take it. Air then runs into the station. As she does, she immediately finds a cop on the floor in the corridor. She talks to him, telling him that she'll send help. Exploring the station, she finds police in various locations and reassures them all as she does. Moving upstairs into the open plan office, she finds Warner on the ground. He's still conscious and speaks to her. He says that Eve really caught them off guard and most of the men were out. She tells him she's going to get help, but he says, no worries, I'll be alright, you go after Ben. Afterwards, she moves into Baker's office and another cop is on the ground there. She asks this cop where Baker is and is told that he went to look for Ben. Moving around the station, she finds Kathy in the kennels. Kathy says, I don't know, Shiva went berserk and Ben went after her. Air then gets desperate and starts to search everywhere in the station, moving into the weapons area. As she enters, Wayne screams out a battle cry and points his gun at her. She tells him, wait, it's me. Wayne says, this freak of a dog, it came in and it got Torres. He tells Air, I guess I screwed up. And Wayne asks why you didn't shoot. He then says, I haven't used a gun since. Wayne speaks for Torres, saying since your daughter was shot, Torres... You can't blame guns for that. Torres replies, I suppose you're right. Wayne, you take good care of this place now. Torres' body goes limp and lifeless. Yeah, and Wayne both scream. As we leave the gun room, we see the police dog Shiva with Ben giving chase, shouting her name and telling her to stop and come back. Air runs back upstairs and finds Nick's on the floor. He's alive. He gives Air small information, saying he saw Ben and Shiva go upstairs to the second floor. This leads Air through the cells where she searches for items and equipment. Moving on through this path, we see Ben and Shiva again. He's still giving chase, but then Ben starts to get chased himself by mutant rats. Following on their path, Air draws closer to Ben. Up on one of the top floors, Ben then asks Shiva if she's okay and he holds her. The dog is shaking violently. Baker finds them and shouts for Ben to get away. He picks him up and moves the child away from the dog. Ben protests, shouting Shiva is sick and demands be put down. However, Baker puts the child down in the corner of the room, stands in front of him and draws his side arm, pointing it at the dog. Ben demands he stops and not to hurt Shiva, but Baker tells the child that she's not Shiva anymore and tells Ben to close his eyes. We get a cutscene where the dog starts to mutate in the same way as that the other animals have in the past, getting extra heads. It now looks like Cerberus, the guardian of hell. 
Baker shouts at the monster, saying that he won't let it hurt Ben and discharges all his rounds at the beast until his gun is empty. Here, Hot on the trail comes into the room. Baker's wounded and Ben says Air, Uncle Baker is hurt. Air questions if this hell dog is Shiva. But Ben tells her it's not Shiva. Shiva's already dead. Air, please, don't let her turn into a monster. Air taunts the beast saying, come on, I'm the one you want to get its attention. She then takes her weapon and starts to open fire on the beast. It's a long drawn out battle. The beast is very tough and can take a lot of damage. However, Air has managed to use her previous battle experience against it and comes out victorious. After the battle, she runs up to Baker and Ben. Once again, Ben tells Air that Uncle Baker is hurt. From off screen, Daniel shouts at Ben and comes running in. He kneels down, asks Ben if he's okay. Ben tells him that Uncle Baker was protecting me. Daniel then thanks the captain. Baker reminisces saying, remember when Ben was younger? We all used to play at your place. Daniel then refers to him as Sir, but Baker tells him to cut that out. Baker is fine, like the old times. The scene then cuts and Ea and Ben are standing in the room. Ben is upset and says Shiva. Ea tries to console him, but Ben says Ea, whoever did this to Shiva, you'll get him, right? Ea reassures the child saying, yeah, I will.